Kore, thanks again for tuning in, whether you're watching on YouTube, VIP Boxing YouTube, or listening on iTunes or Spotify. Um, this is Bell to Bell, VIP Boxing's Bell to Bell. When we're on episode 121. You know me, Steve Lillis. You know John Evans. And tonight's special guest, the gent we've been trying to get back on for weeks. And, you know, he's been having to cancel because of golf, because his wife's taking him out. Um, but we finally put <laughs> him back on, and it's been a long wait getting him back on. Well, three-time British title challenger. I think I'm correct there. And definitely a boxing encyclopedia. Uh, Gary Logan. Gary, thanks for coming on. Great to be here, man. Great to be here. Finally. 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 Was I done. right with the three times, wasn't I? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Three unsuccessful times, but yeah. Um, I enjoyed it. I've got, I've got no regrets other than not winning. I loved my life. I loved my career. I love what boxing has given me. I love, I just love everything about it. I love, I love the history of it. It's continual history. Um, yeah, it's made my life what it is, oh. you know. Before we press on, do you love golf more now or boxing? Woo! I love, I hate the business of boxing, but, and I love the sport of golf. Yeah. That's where I could put it. Um, I hate the business. I cannot stand the business. Um, but that's what we did. You know, those are the cards we're dealt. But yeah. On a on a on a great night of boxing, not even golf tops it. Hey Gary, yeah. I know you, you just said you hate the bo business of boxing, but mm. at the moment, knowing the type of fighters you like and knowing the type of styles you like, you must be loving it at the moment with people like Ennis and Shakur Stevenson and Javante. Oh. These are your type of fighters, aren't they? They are my, you know. Uh, and Javonte, I truly believe, is an any era fighter. I think he would have belonged in any era of fighting from featherweight right up to super lightweight. I really think he'd have been. He is literally a tank. He would have, uh, he would have, he would have bombed his way through. He would have shelled his way through a lot of those divisions in any era. He's, I think, he's special. I tell you, I think Shakur's, I think Shakur's special. Um, I think special Shakur is probably the better boxer. But I'm telling you, man, if them two fought, I wouldn't bet against Tank doing him. Do you know what, John? The number of people we have on, on this pod, good boxing people, how many have said similar to Gary about Tank? It's, it's yeah. quite incredible. And these yeah. are people that know boxing. These aren't keyboard warriors who come on. Yeah. They're people yeah. who, you know, who've forgotten more than most people know. And to a man, they've yeah. all, they've all, I think they've all said, John, and you... That tank, you know, a couple of people have mentioned that any era thing for tank. Well, we've said, yeah, we've said before. Is real, I, I think I a lot of people. Were there. Sorry, Gary, sorry. were you there the night he fought Liam Walsh? Sorry, were you there when he fought Liam I Walsh? Was, Adam Boo was. I was at home watching it on telly, and we were left like we said nobody. We don't expect yeah. nobody to have done that to Liam Walsh. I he think that's where the things all changed. People, I was there yeah. at the time. Steve was there, and everyone's yeah. eyes opened up when when Tank started fighting. He, he's just tremendous. Isn't it ridiculous the gears he goes through? Oh. It's just, it's like he does his reconnaissance, and then he goes up these gears, and nobody, when he sits on top of you, like what he did with um Leo Santa Cruz, nobody can stand with him. Nobody, you know, because he has true belief in his. 
not only his power, but his punch repertoire, the angles that his shots come at you from. And he's well-schooled. You can see that was a well-schooled counter shot against Ryan Garcia. He's a very well-schooled fighter. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll press on now. Um, round one, we're going to start with you, John. You know, I think you know the routine. Gary, we chat for about three minutes every round, and John gets his yeah. bell out and rings it, and we have to, to zip it. But round one, you're going to start us, John, with uh, Tim Tzu. Yeah, Tim Zhu's becoming one of my favourites. And mainly because of his attitude. You know, he's he's been due a shot at Charlo for the title for so long now. And he keeps getting put on ice because I don't know what Charlo's doing. I don't know if he's decided he's a part-time fighter. I don't know if he's hanging around for a massive payday from someone. But Zhu's been stuck there waiting for his opportunity. And instead of just sitting on his ass and sitting on his hands and waiting... He's been staying busy with good fighters. I thought taking on Tony Harrison was a risk. He blew through Tony Harrison and stopped him. Carlos Acampo this weekend got rid of him in a round. He earned his shot by beating Terrell Gaucher, who's a good fighter. And I like the way he goes about it. He's got similarities from his dad, the way he sits on his back foot and lets that right hand go. But he's also his own man. He's a bit more aggressive and willing to get involved in trade-ups, I think. And I like Tim Zoo. I hope he beats Charlo to keep the um, keep the division active. I think we'll have an active, ambitious champion who's exciting and for sports crying out for that at the moment. And yeah, I liked him too. Gary, yeah, absolutely, one hundred percent. I didn't. Well, I, I haven't watched a lot of him. I only watched uh, Harrison and then Ocampo because I thought, ah, is it just a name that everybody's getting gassed up with? But you know what? He's old school, mate, in everything. He's just stays active. And his dad was one of the most active champions as well. So that's um, it's good to see that, that you know, that's come out in, in, in him, that his dad's insisted that he stay active. He looks like he'll fight anyone, and he will do. And you're right. Um, I think with the Charlos, they're just sitting there hoping they get that phone call from um, a certain Canelo so they won't risk anything, you know? Um, they're, they're of that era that I hate in boxing where they just, you know, two or three fights a year, which is just an absolute joke, absolute joke calling yourself a fighter, um, especially when you're at the lighter weights. Um, and I really hope he gets his challenge. And I think the fact is, let's get let's keep it real, the game's about economics. The guy draws an audience in Australia. So even if he doesn't have to wait for a Charlo, they might just make they might just put something else on the line. And he becomes a world. I mean, he is a world interim champion now. So you know, let's if if the Charlo's not going to fight him, vacate the real title and let the man fight for the real one because he obviously wants to fight. Yeah, I mean, I think John. I think I can't add no more than what you said about Tim Zoo. I didn't see the fight the weekend. Obviously, just read about mm. it. Uh, but you said you 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 questioned whether Jamil Charlo John was a part-time boxer. I think three fights in three years is. Um, and I just That's think he's a, he's not a victim. That's certainly the wrong word to use. He's just one of these guys. When he emerged, he was with the PBC, mm. and they were paying such money where these guys are only fighting once, twice a year. Yeah. And I think he's just continued yeah. that. But there you, you can't, can't. In all honesty, you can't want to fight anymore when you're fight when you're that inactive. I truly believe that. If you're fighting once a year, you don't really want to fight. Yeah. yeah. Fine. Round two, um, Tasha Jonas. So just you know, when we was chatting, well, I was thinking about the the to um pod tonight. Press release drop. She's dropping down in weight on a uh, 
1st of July to challenge for the vacant IBF um, welterweight title against the Canadian female boxer Candy White. And I'm just wondering, I'm trying to think of great career turnarounds and who would have thought mm-hmm. five years ago since she lost to that fr- French girl, wasn't a bad fighter actually, Obernalf mm-hmm. I think she was called. And since then she had that um, draw with Terry Harper. She had a good fight against um, Katie Taylor and then she's just gone on Jumps, jumps up the weights, um, super world, and now she's to become over three belts there. Now going down to welter, and she's done this when she's nearer forty than thirty. All of this, I just think that I don't, you know, if that was a male boxer, I think although she got made female, well, but she was made boxer of the year by the mm. by the border control awards. If we if we had if we had, should we say she's also a single mum as well. Um, and I'll say this, if that was a white kid from the East End of London, we'll be absolutely salivating the whole nation. Yeah. 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 Um, that's, you You can't put it any any more than that, really, you know. I've known Natasha since the amateurs, you know, um, right through Team GB. I thought she beat Harper and I thought the clo- the Katie Taylor fight was close. And as as well as the one that was in the Olympics, so she's always featured in great fights. And the way that she, the reason why she can go up and down the divisions, because she's just a super technician. She's just a super technician, you know. She's not spectacular, but she's a solid technician who knows the game of boxing, and she uses her southpaw stance to the to its maximum. You know, she's a really really good fighter. It's some turnaround from watching. It was yeah, Vivian Albanalf, who's is that what it is? Naughty girl, hasn't it? If you read the news on Vivian, she's doing oh, life right. in prison for chopping her husband up or something. It's but, she, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, what? You know, what I'd like to see her. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's true. You know, what I'd like to My see. And she just said, "I know about that." Yeah. Do you know what I'd like to see from Natasha though? Because it's impossible oh, oh. to yeah. to judge because these girls above well above welterweight in women's boxing is a big gap between the good and the bad. Yeah, yeah. While she's flying, I'm glad she's coming down because with Sandy Ryan and Jessica McCaskill at Welter, and before yeah. Tasha finishes, let's see her in with those and see if she can really cement this legacy she's starting building. But she's become sort of a face of female boxing in Britain, hasn't she? You know, mm, she's yeah. not everything. She's great on TV. She's turned her career around unbelievable. And yeah, well done, Tasha Jonas. It's a fantastic story, isn't it? It really is a fantastic story. It's a fantastic story in never giving up, you know? Yeah. Um, her opportunities were blocked when she had that tough fight with Katie Taylor. We yeah. all knew the chances of her getting a return was very, very doubtful. And she's gone up in weight and won the world title. And, you know, and now, you know, she she holds, you know, she holds a lot of the cards and she fully deserves to. And, and you know, I said before, you know, when she won her world title, there should be a film on this woman, single mother doing it all, winning world titles after being, after being getting defeated for world titles in controversial losses. Yeah. Right. yeah. I'm, I'm still thinking of the Vivian Obanoff shopping up her husband. I'm, I'm, oh, well, yeah, I'm going to go true. and read up on this afterwards. <laughs> Me too. <Yeah. laughs> I want to know about this woman. Uh, I don't want to know not to upset my wife, but there you go. Round three, <laughs> and it's over to, over to you, Gary Logan. And Dion's what's next for Wilder you're going to speak about? Oh, well, obviously we're hearing about the PVC crowd and their once or twice a year fights. So, uh, 
they're going to entertain us with Andy Ruiz, which actually I've always, uh, you know what? I've always got a soft spot for Andy Ruiz. I thought he was a really good fighter going into the Joshua fight, although physically I just thought he's got no chance. But I've never doubted his his, um, his boxing ability, which I think is up there with, he's, he's in the upper echelon of, of boxers in the heavyweight division because is it because he's that good or is it because there is a dearth of talent at heavyweight? It might be a bit of both, but I think that um, for Deontay, punching down against an Andy Ruiz is not an easy fight. So for them to take this fight, um, I kind of rate them because if they're taking it thinking that it's going to be an easy fight because of Andy's inactivity, mm, you know, it, it's a dangerous one to take. If I was if I was Deontay's gang, I'd take someone who's a bit more on the stature, a bit more taller for Deontay to easily reach rather than punching down against an Andy Ruiz. Yeah, I, I, I like Andy Ruiz. Yeah. When he's on when he's on it. The worrying thing for me, Gary, is he got bounced around a little bit by Ariola, didn't he? And he's been hurt yeah. since well. And yeah. he always he was always had a solid chin, Andy, and he was at his most dangerous when he was trading. Yeah. If if he's a bit more vulnerable or a little bit more gun shy, I think it'll take a lot away from Andy Ruiz. But I think it'll be it. If Andy's on his game, it's going to be explosive while it lasts. And I, I wouldn't mm-hmm. count Ruiz out of landing a left hook on Wilder. No you know chance. what? He, he sort of he won me over, Andy Ruiz, slowly, because I, I never forgave him for when he fought. Well, I'm forgiving him now because that Joshua, when you, you, you just got to, you, that you got to give that the props it deserves. But yeah. do you remember when he fought um, Joseph Parker when he travelled to Auckland for the WBA? Yeah. The Saturday morning fight. Yeah. Um, we had it on Box Nation. And and them last three rounds, I just always, in my mind, he never wanted it enough. If he just given yeah. that 10% more, that was his fight to win. And it took me a long, yeah. long time to almost forgive him and not be sold by him, but be won over by him. Yeah, yeah, it's a very, very convincing argument. Um, you know, we get we get in, in boxing, you know, you, we realise that one thing, I, and I realised in my career, I said to my mates the other day, I was very talented. But I, I lack that 5% that, that what the really good fighters or, or also the great fighters have that. That extra 5%, that that ability to say, no, I don't just want to win by a point. You know, I'm going to just let my hands go, see where it takes me. Hopefully it'll stop you. But they have that intent, you know. And I've always said with Andy Ruiz, if he's right, he's mentally right, the world should always say, they all those fighters should be glad he's not an inch and a half taller with an inch and a half longer arms because he would be some fighter to beat. Because as far as combination punching, speed of punch, taking your head out after you punch, technically, he's as good as anything that's out there. I really do believe that. Yeah. That's brilliant, John. Uh, round four, John, you want to talk about MCs? And this is something be good to hear from Gary because he's done a bit yeah. of this. Uh, John? <laughs> when I saw it was Gary, I, I picked this topic because I've been wanting to talk about it for a little while and Gary will have a good a good take on it. And I just think they're making the role too much. Like yeah. these days we get an announcement that the guys walk into the ring. Then we get them announced again. We get a four round or six round guy getting the full on top of the lungs introduction that takes four or five yeah. minutes. It seems to they have not done anything. I, I just think a card should be, the MC should build up like a card. Yeah. So he should be toning it down for the four and six rounders. Yeah. Then you make, then it, make it yeah. the main event gets the razzmatazz, and I just mm-hmm. think it's all about making themselves part of a show these days. And what do you think, Gary? 
I think I think you've nailed it on the head, mate. Um, all due respect to these guys, but the fact is, uh, they've seen the Michael Buffers, and they want to be, and the Randy Buffers, and they want to be them. They want to be them, but they need to realize there is only one Michael Buffer. And if I sat down with any of these guys who are announcing these fighters, and I say to them, "Tell me about Salvador Sanchez. Tell me about um, Gaby Canizales." I bet Michael Buffer could, they couldn't. Because when I sat with Michael, he not only could announce amazingly, because we both announced on the Ricky Hatton, Juan Lacaz, Juan Lascano. I've been very fortunate. Did the undercard with him, and I did. When David A. Box Ruiz, um, I did the undercard with Jimmy Lennon Jr. And these are both men steeped in boxing knowledge who just know how to deliver the major moment and sit down. Yeah. yeah. As they say, just sit down. Whereas these guys now, unfortunately, because of the YouTube era and the social media effect on people, they want it all now. They want the fame now. So that's why they, they can't shut up. They have to over-glamorise a four-rounder. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. With a yeah. kid who probably can sell tickets but can't fight. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what? I did a thing for Box Nation, a 30-minute film with Jimmy Lennon Jr. And oh. his knowledge of boxing... Oh. Is incredible. Both him and Michael. I was surprised incredible. by Michael Buffer's knowledge of boxing. I just thought, oh, this is Michael Buffer. Gets paid a stupid amount, amount of money to do what he does. But this man lives it, breathes it, researched it. He was shocked at how much I knew because he knew it. Do you know what I mean? Not because he didn't know it. He knew what I was talking about. He knew about Salvador Sanchez. You know, he knew about these great fighters. You know, it was, a, it was an amazing time to spend time in his in both their company, you know? Yeah, you know what? I think you touched on something here, and it's something John and myself spoke about today briefly. It's the messages just when we were talking about the pod tonight. And I think we're in a generation um, where, I said this, where everybody in boxing wants to be famous. Where when I was done, you know, thought I was when I was blessed to be on newspapers, Box Nation and Trump yeah. over the world, blessed. To me, I was just lucky to have a job I loved and got fantastically yeah. rewarded. Now we're in a game where yeah. people are thinking of fame. Yeah. yeah. Well, we, well yeah. We, we see, we're over, but we can talk about this for a bit, can't we? But you see people who do little articles on on Twitter now trying to make themselves notorious mm. and stuff like that and running little right. guess who columns and all this. And something I've always had in my, my mind since I first typed an article, it's not about no one, kept, no one clicks on something to say, what's John Evans written? No one has ever done that. Yeah. You click on to see about the person you're doing yeah. it about. It's always about the boxer. It's always about the boxer. It's yeah, not about definitely. the person oh. doing the It's not the person doing the right. You're right, because of what a lot of them do, they use a boxer's name to use it as clickbait. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, this is why the whole pound for pound thing is just a lunacy. Now, it's, got, it's just got unbelievably out of control unbelievably out of control because let fighters fight in their weights, not so much pound for pound, but the any the era contest, the era contest, you know, we'll come on to it in a bit when we talk about the world weights, but fighters are great in their era. Yeah. Just because, and then you, they'll say, right, ah, oh, Ali would never have beaten Lewis because Lewis was too big. But then if Ali was in this era, he'd have been bigger. Do you know what I mean? He'd have been a bigger heavyweight. He'd have been, he would have been, Ali would have been the freak that he was in the 1960s with his movement. 
just doing it in the 2000s. That's all. Yeah. With a bit more weight on. Who's to say yeah. he would have lost that it, Lennox just because Lennox was yeah. bigger? Now, don't get me wrong. I think Lennox was something else. But um, it's just the whole thing. But I know why people want to talk about this because it's just clickbait and they don't know enough about what they're talking about. Yeah. Well said, Gary. Eloquently put as well. Um, round five, um, let's have a quick chat about this. Ben Eubank likely to be announced this, this week, I believe. Um, I just wondered how you fellas feel about the fight. Should it be happening? Well, I'm, well I know John's Gary, really. Um, I just feel really uncomfortable. Look, I know it's about money and all that. I just feel really uncomfortable that this fight's happening while Honor Ben hasn't been cleared of anything. It's almost, you know, is it a chart to do what you want in this sport now? We know it's the Wild West. Is it becoming more of the Wild West? I just really feel uncomfortable that anywhere would put this fight on. Sad. Mate, my... we live in an era where Jake Paul was promised a version of a WBC belt if he beat Tommy Fury. Yeah? Let that sink in. Right? So this is the era that we're living in now. Yeah. It's just sadly all a madness. Um, the fact that somebody that hasn't cleared his name, as much as he may believe that he's innocent and his brief has told us that he's innocent, he had one thing to do. And that's what Piers Morgan, who I'm not a big fan of, but Piers Morgan said to him, just get yourself in front of the board. Do that. And his answer was, I don't think I can get a fair, fair shake. And I'm so disappointed in Connor because I know him and I've spoken to him and I really want to believe that he's innocent. But he's got to prove it to us. He's got to want to prove it. But now he hasn't. He hasn't. He's just sat there. He's waiting for it to go away. And we're going to get a fight against, which I'm not particularly interested. I never really was interested in it. And I'm certainly not particularly interested in it now that Eubank got smashed all over the place by Liam Williams, by Liam Smith. Smith. So yeah. I'm not really interested in it, to be honest with you. John? I, I, I think it's disgusting. Ben shouldn't be anywhere near a ring until he's either served his suspension or he's proven that he didn't do it. But it, it's going to happen. We said it had happened as well about a week after it got called off because yeah. it made it bigger. The controversy made be, it yeah. bigger. Um, I just thought, not, surely we can't get away with imposing weight restrictions on Eubank again. I, it's got to be a... Oh, do you know what? I'm not going to talk about the fight. It, right. shouldn't be it shouldn't be happening. Right. Mm. We all agreed out, I think. Right. Round six, uh, final round. Gary, we're not going to keep you much longer, Gary. I don't know if you're going out to the driving range on this sunny evening and practice your pitch and putt. But Br British welterweights of all time. And, and I think I know where this might be going. Oh, my gosh. You know what? In in my lifetime, it has to be Lloyd Hunnigan. In my lifetime. All time, when you look at who he's fought over the era that he fought, for the amount of years that he fought, crossing the Atlantic and everything, it's got to be taken. Jack Britton, of course, the first... Britain or Englishman, yeah. was it? Oh, my God. That man, that 20 times. 20 times, you know, which is amazing. This is, um, yeah, it's, that in itself is amazing. There wasn't, I mean, he was, a, he was a force from lightweight up to middleweight was Ted, you know. Um, but Lloyd, as we all know, in the modern era, 
he's the greatest ever British win of a world title overseas. I don't know if it will ever be beaten. I really don't think it will ever be beaten because people can say Lennox Lewis over Mike Tyson, but Mike wasn't the Mike that we knew by then. Um, Lennox beat a guy that was, uh, ironically, pound for pound number one at the time, was expected to um, reach the heights of greatness of an all-time great. And he did it in a fashion, Lloyd, when he went over there. And also, just to get that fight, remember when he went over to Italy and, and flattened Gianfranco Rossi? Rossi, yeah. We mentioned this last week. The world and, be, and, and win the world super worldweight title and keep it for a very, very long time. A very, very tough fire, you know? Yeah. And here's a funny story. Mickey Duff told me two weeks before he fought, um, went over and fought Rossi, Dave Dent flattened him in the gym like Lloyd face first on the floor. Yeah? Really? Yeah. Flattened it like they Dave Dent. And two weeks later, he goes out and does that to Gianfranco Rossi and the rest is history. And so it just shows you once again, you got to want it bad enough. You got to be. You got to be. You got to want to triumph over adversity. And you, having met Lloyd back in the day, and he wasn't a very nice guy when he was world champion. And I met a lot of guys who, were, who weren't nice, who were world champions. And yeah. I start thinking, I, I think Gary Logan needed to be a lot nastier. <laughs> you were a very nice guy. You, I used to see it in a Becky. I remember. I still remember the first time Damn I met nice. you. You know, you were too nice. Yeah, Lloyd was, uh, yeah, okay. Did you ever spar yeah. with Lloyd when you were starting your career? And he was because oh, you, because you were both from southeast London. Yes. I'm guessing you must have, your paths must have crossed in the gym. Oh, uh, they did. And he didn't like me simply because I was Mickey Duff's young protege and he just proceeded to smash me all over the ring. But <laughs> did he really? Uh, yeah, yeah, there weren't no playing just because you were no Mickey, just because you were Mickey Duff's. Upcoming, because you got people don't if people do are just this your, your career, Gary. Um, because yeah. you had a good amateur career, you won a London title when a London title was like winning an ABA, didn't you? Yeah, I knocked out Kevin Lucin for the London title. That's it, yeah, that it was. I knew you were gonna, you won, a, I just knew you won a, the one London title you've seen yeah. you won was in a really hot year. I know, remember that. Oh, such a year, it was an amazing year, and uh, is that Royal Abbott all? Kevin had knocked out uh, four out of four, and I had knocked out four out of five in the, going into the final. So everybody knew it weren't going the distance. And ironically, he he buzzed me with a left hook, came running in to finish me, and I got my left hook on first. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> but no, it was interesting. So what did Lloyd do to you in there? Just just worked you over for a few rounds. Oh, just, like we were sparring really well. I now to be fair. I got overconfident. I was catching him easy with the jab. And then um, and then I just started, because I thought, oh, I'm catching him easy with a jab. Let's have some more. Let's start trying to bash up Lloyd Unigan. And then he soon let me know with a couple of uh, <laughs> winging right hands over the top that that wasn't a good idea. <laughs> you are, Steve. And he's one of only two men that have actually buzzed me where I went home and thought, I don't feel, I don't feel totally right. <laughs> and the other one, was Wayne Alexander. Oh, what a puncher. Anyone what a puncher. You, anyone that smiled with young Wayne will tell you it is not a great experience. <laughs> it's not a great experience. You cannot... And I've smiled with John Mugabe. But to be fair, I think John was taking it easy on me that day. But uh, to be fair, with Wayne, I can't remember. And I smiled with Harry Simon. 
John Mugabe. Um, I, I suppose some good hitters. Freddie Penton out in America who could whack. Um, and I don't remember ever being actually hit and feeling pain in my face while I was taking a punch to the face from Wayne. It actually hurt yeah. to get punched. You get buzzed in different ways in boxing. You get buzzed and then it hits your central nervous system, but you don't hurt. Yeah. Actually, Wayne actually hurt. And, um, but, I, you know, I did I did pay him back in a couple of sparring sessions. <laughs> but we'll, we'll talk about that another day. Yeah. <laughs> Steve, I, I've, been, I've been at this about 10 years now and I've waited all this time to have a Lloyd Honeygum podcast. And yeah, we've got yeah. two in two weeks now. We've been loving yeah. Lloyd. Gary, I'll, I'll tell it again. My dog's named after Lloyd Honeygum. I, I, I <laughs> love Honeygum? And I like the fact that he was a bastard. When you watch yeah. the pre-fight interviews with him, pre-fight build-up, oh. it's horrible. Yeah. And I, yeah. I like that. We, it's like an attitude that British fighters don't have. Yeah, the they don't. Was they totally, don't. Totally unique, wasn't he? He was so yeah. comfortable. Lloyd, you, you've nailed it on the head there, John. Lloyd was... American in his attitude at that time. He was yeah. just rough. Um, when you sparred with him, um, like if I sparred with Curtin and Lang, um, Curtin would just try to use etiquette to beat you in sparring. Every yeah. now and again, he might be in a bad mood with Denny Mancini or something, so he might try and smack you. But with at least with um, Curtin, he didn't have that innate strength that Lloyd had. Lloyd had just a physical presence about him that was that was actually stronger than what he looked on TV. Maybe it, it might have been because I was a baby. I mean, I turned pro before I was twenty, just for just as I was twenty. So maybe that might have been. But physically, he was so heavy-handed. He was deceptively heavy-handed and obviously quick. But he was just nasty with it. He, as far as he was concerned, if you couldn't protect yourself, you shouldn't be in there with him. <laughs> There's yeah. a really good um I think yeah. it's before he fights Marlon Starling. Yeah. Between, oh my gosh. And then he had no defense. He had no defense. Tried to bomb Marlon out. And yeah. Marlon just literally dissected him. You know? They, they hate each other, don't they? And there's yeah. a, he takes the camera crew to Jamaica and he takes them around his ragamuffin record studios and he's <laughs> been full on Lloyd Hunnigan. And he, it's a, it's great. You should go and watch it if uh, if you've got YouTube at hand. It's it's really good. He was fellas, so girls. Fellas, fellas, fellas. John's go on, go, go. We're not going to. We got a few. Go on, John. You're yeah, gonna, I'll show Gary something. Just give question. us a set. Just give us a set. You talk Lloyd Anigan to John Evans, mate. That's it. <laughs> Gary Gary mentioned um, Salvador Sanchez, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Yeah. yeah. So how about this from the from the night before, Gary? Oh my gosh, what's that? Sanchez versus oh my god, you know what? You see, all you people out there, right? <laughs> talk about featherweight fights. If you put this fight on, just the actual pre fight build up, oh, it's incredible with the, the, with the bands going at each other the Mexican mariachi band going the Puerto Rican salsa van. It's incredible, isn't it? Yeah, and you're talking about Sanchez was. So sublime that night. He was, yeah. it, it looked like, I always say the best fighters look like they haven't got an opponent in front of them. They look like they're hitting a punch bag, you know? And he was so sublime that night. He, he was amazing. He really was. God rest his soul. Fellas, um, but literally the clock's just running down on this thing. We have, uh, the, I have the Zoom for it. So Steve Wood don't pay the subscription for us. Gary, you've <laughs> been a brilliant guest. That's one of the best pods. 
done for ages. I'm not just saying that. And I know Thanks, it's going to take mate. another year to get you back on. So we'll wait another year. Because I know in, it, in the summer, I know you're out every night. You've got a new business going. So thanks oh, for coming on, go. Gary. It's all go, we'll... Rodney. It's all go. <laughs> John, thank Even you as always. <laughs> but, you see uh, what? Yeah. In this cancel culture, me and my missus, we refuse to not still watch Only Fools and Horses, yeah? yeah. We refuse to give up on Del Boy because cancel culture is rife. You know they've cancelled so many episodes of that off of Netflix. Yeah. It's like when you watch Ridiculous. the old Minder and Sweeney now. And yeah, I, 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 I was big on Minder when I what, yeah, you know, the bits of that they've cut out now. I mind because of what's said, but there you oh, go. Anyway, oh. that's for another pod. Anyway, the that's cancel for another culture. Day. Let's have Gary, a, let's have an cancel culture session. Thanks for coming on, Gary. Anyway, and we'll we'll get you Absolutely on again next year. Guys. I'm not I'm not going to get old here for another few months, you know. No, man. Listen, let's do it again next month. I promise. All right. John, thanks as always, mate, and thanks everyone for watching, listening. Thanks a lot. For all boxing, info, news, and latest interviews, Amateur and Pro, across and off, click and subscribe. VIP, boxing promotions. Also, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook.